0: season finale of the Somali Nomad. We've been on a long journey folks but we are at the final pit stop of this digital frontier. The past six months we shared laughs, shock and even surprises but it's time for this ship to finally dock. All good things must come to an end or a cliffhanger. Stay tuned.
1: How's it going, guys? Welcome to the season finale of The Somali Nomad. I am your host, Sammy. And uh, I have an awesome guest uh, with me here today. My man, uh, Denny Jama. He's uh, the second time he's on the podcast. Uh, He was on the podcast uh, last season of The Somali Nomad. Um, uh, Back in October of 2021, if I remember my memory correctly. um, And we were talking about how um, how the Somalis and Muslims kind of like, you know, come to the West and how they... uh, adapt to the Western mentality and Western culture and, and they lose the essence of who they are back from where they, from the, where they came from originally. Um and uh yeah so this is gonna be a kind of like a part two of our conversation and we're gonna basically talk about what's been happening with the crazy year of twenty twenty two of what we've seen starting from uh the trucker uh protest that was happening back in Canada in January. All the way till the craziness been going on throughout social media, even including Twitter and the Twitter files and what's happening uh every single week with the drop of uh like what's been happening on social media and and even the craziness has been happening with Ukraine and uh, a lot of so, uh, uh, celebrity, um, stories that happened with Will Smith and Johnny Depp and basically the rise of Andrew Tate. And even on Wednesday, him <laughs> having a few with, uh, Gre- uh, Greta Thunberg as well. And, uh, even the, the crazy, um, um, trial that happened with, um, Megan Estelle and, and Tori Lanez as well, uh, last Friday as well. And, yeah, just like, I wanted to get his, um, uh, perspective of like what's been truly happening in, um, in, um, social media and in the world in general and how it affects us Muslims and us Somalis, um, living in this diaspora and seeing where it kind of leads up to. Like, are we head, are we trending the right way or are we trending the wrong way? Uh, so yeah, I just wanted to bring him on. So this is a comedian, uh, and social, uh, social commentator, Dini Jama. And I wanted to bring him on today and discuss all that and a lot more and see how things are going to shape up uh, moving forward in 2023 and uh, see how it affects our relationships, our marriages, our communities, and so forth. So Dini went on a long die trap, but yeah, man, I want to know what's going on with you, man. How's everything? How's it going?
0: Very well, very well. Thank
1: you for having me back. Thank you very much. Yeah, yeah. And, uh, yeah, so I just wanted to bring you back on because I was just telling you right before the podcast, like, you're the most popular, one of the po- most popular guys on the podcast. So I want to talk about it, uh, talk about a lot of subjects, especially what's been happening in 2022 this year, you know, like in general. But also I do have a very specific questions I want to ask you in regards to like what's been happening with the Muslim community and the Somali community in general but also like we both noticed a lot in social media in 2022 like a lot of stuff that's been happening on tiktok instagram you've been very vocal on instagram and i've seen a lot of your stories and a lot of your posts actually yes, uh yes. where you've been really hammering on like home on a lot of different topics and i'll ask i'll ask you some of those uh, topics as well but uh like actually the first question i do want to ask you and this is a very general question like what are your thoughts on the direction of where the somali and muslim communities in the west are headed like is it becoming less traditional or do you think it's becoming more progressive
0: Well, we are are not operating, the Muslims and the Somali community are not operating in vacuum. We are part of the general world global, you know, system. So we Muslims and the Somalis have been under Western occupation for centuries now. So it's really wrong to see us just as operating within our own, you know, lane. We are part of the global lane and the whole globe is heading towards satanic way of life. Promiscuity, you know, all kind of debauchery. So we, we, we all have to live within that life as it's been socially engineered by the elites. You always gotta look at this is not something that just happened on stands. This is this has been planned for thousands of years. So we are all gonna be operating in that aspect. That's the way it's gonna be. It's gonna be towards satanic way of life.
1: Yeah. Well, mm-hmm. well, well, how do you think, like, for us, especially as Muslims, like, why do you think it's so susceptible for us to get into that way of life and, like, accepting it? You know what I mean? Because, like, we, we've all, like, especially for me, I've grown up here uh, in Canada and, like, you read the Qur'an, you read about Shailan, you read about the devil, you read about, like, evil jinns, you read about all that kind of stuff and how music and all that kind of stuff is very susceptible to us. But, like, obviously, like, I'm not perfect. I do listen to music. You know what I mean? Why do you think it's so easy for us to accept that evil? And and kind of like kind of like portray that onto like social media in general, especially Somali youth or Muslim youth in general. Well, it's so easy compared to like the Deen itself.
0: Well, the, our Prophet ﷺ and our Deen has already foretold us that this is going to be the case. It's not should not be by the surprise. It's the religion itself already told you as the end of times is coming. That holding on to the religion is like holding on to a hot coal. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? So you've got to always realize it from a grander scale, you know? So we are susceptible to a degree because the, the mass media is, is almost magic. You know, Hollywood itself stands for the Hollywood you know those when magicians made the ada kadabra you know that concept yeah. that wood it's called hollywood it's it's actually you know television tells a vision you know what i mean so it's all magical in its sense you know there is actually i remember seeing about a decade ago a program made for pre six year six months old babies wow you're seriously just transfixed in colors yeah you know that no other human can get the attention of that baby, but it gets transfixed on TV. So this is something that's affecting all communities in the world. You know, by the way, the Western people were not like this not long ago.
1: Yeah, it's like probably fifty years ago. It wasn't like
0: exactly. This. Yeah, exactly. So we we tend to think Adan people were always like this. No, they were very religious. You know, most of their women wore very long skirts, you know, very modest lifestyle. There was no monogamous relationship. There was no, I mean, going around kind of relationships. They were all traditional not too long ago. Yeah.
1: And I think you're right. Like it kind of broke in the mid fifties with Marilyn Monroe and James Dean and all the famous actors in Hollywood. They kind of broke the stereotype. And then once the sixties hit with the Beatles and music, and stuff like that, you're 100% right. That transformed the American society completely.
0: Absolutely. That's why yeah. the sixties is called sex and rock and roll. Yeah. You know what I mean? That's yeah. the, the after, after the sixties came the feminism. Yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah. So this thing has been something gradual that's only just being introduced to the West itself. Yeah.
1: yeah. Wow. That's, it's, it's kind of scary. But at the same time, like, I think maybe part of it is that we don't know that history. I think a lot of Muslims don't know that history, unfortunately, yes, right? So yes. we're getting susceptible. Like, you know, I think we talked about it last time how a lot of Somali youth, when they come to Canada or they grew up in Canada, the first thing they see is hip hop. So yes. it's kind of like so susceptible to them. It's so easy to kind of like relate to that compared to related to like a uh, an Islamic dean where your parents are hitting you all the time, like read the Quran, pray, all that kind of stuff. Yes, and it's yes. a lot easier to understand that than to than un- than understand the actual religion itself most of the time.
0: By the way, the parents, they were into Michael Jackson and yeah, listening to the yeah, West. We, yeah. we in Somalia in the 80s and 70s were watching Western media. You know yeah, what I mean? Yeah. I, I hope you realize that Growing up in Somalia in the seventies, I rarely ever saw hijabi at all. Mm. majority of Somali girls going to high school had their hair open they were wearing tight pants part of it as a uniform, yeah, you know what I mean yeah so
1: wow that's, that's that's crazy so you're thinking that maybe the parents weren't as as strong with the with the Islamic deen than they would have if they were with their with their children when they moved to Canada, correct. Is that what you're kind of like uh, entailing, in a sense? Because like how liberal they were back home, listen to Michael Jackson, that kind of stuff, you feel like in the end that kind of like, that was like the timeline
0: that kind of put into their children later on? Yes, because your parents were born during Italian colonization. Mm. You follow what I mean? Yeah. So I'm going back to the initial aspect that our corruption started with the, with the Western, you know, colonization that had happened for a century ago. You know what I mean? So so I'm not saying people centuries ago were all virtuous. They were still killing each other. Let's be honest with each other. But they were more culturally more conservative as as a group. You know, so so our change is that we you got to look at us as like people who are in a zoo. You know what I mean? So what you are asking me is, how did the lion lose its reflexes? Well, it's in a zoo. (laughs) You gotta find out this, why is it in this socially engineered dynamics? The lion is different when it was in its own nature and that's what I'm trying to elude is that when the Somalis were living in the nomadic lifestyle, by the way, which is gonna be the future now, you know what I mean? So uh, we were much more freer to exercise our religion. There was much holistic and organic way of living that was led by our elders, mm-hmm. rightly or wrongly. You yeah. follow? Yeah. So since the, the education system of the West and their media and everything has come, it's, it's unfair. Right now, for example, you speak about the Somalis in diaspora. A lot of kids in diaspora have a clue, but they, most of them have no clue that kids in Somalia are way more Western than kids here. Mm. Because they, they have a huge thirst for it. They live through TikTok and YouTube, you know, there is way more promiscuity in Somalia than even in the West.
1: You're actually right. Because uh, when I uh, saw my mom uh, like a while ago and I saw like she was watching a YouTube uh, shorts of like Somali uh, teens in, in back home in Somalia and they were kind of like flirting with each other. You're actually right. It, it, you are right. It, it, I think in the end, like I think we do have, and I'm unfortunately I'm more part of that mentality of thinking, hey, back home maybe a lot more conservative. But you're absolutely correct; it's no. not the case at all.
0: Yes, yes, yeah. yes, yes. Yeah. Yeah, well, that, that's what I mean to a degree is that it's the gel times is coming. You, if you want to go back to the reference of the religion, yeah. is the, we see the, the signs of end of times. You follow? Yeah. So we are not unique to this. Yeah, you know, they're having rave concerts in Saudi Arabia now. Migos and all of them are performing in Saudi Arabia, you know what I mean? Yeah, it's everywhere. And the land of the prophets is turned into a tourism attraction for the West, absolutely. Yeah, absolutely. It's the, it's the end of time. So, to us Somalis, what the reason we are a little bit in a shock is we are a homogeneous society for tens of thousands of years, yeah. So, this new Cultures coming into us is brand new seeing somalis doing something you know extremely western shocks us hmm. because we never had that interaction with foreigners for thousands of years
1: yeah that's a very very good point uh, another question i want to ask you is uh like what are your thoughts on somalis looking elsewhere um for a potential partner like in regards to like non-somalis uh, or a genebis or, you know, anything else for that matter. Because, uh, like, I don't know if we, if we talked about last year, I did mention it in my podcast, like the Abdi Exit movement. I'm not sure if you're familiar with that, hmm. where there was, it was a movement years ago by a bunch of Somali guys. They kind of like hashtag on social media where they were done with Somali women because hmm. they felt like, you then they were just too much of a headache and they moved. I actually wrote that initially in my book, actually, just kind of like as a forward, as a joke. Cause like I didn't understand at the time. And, uh, and our mutual friend, uh, I'll call him the intro guy was yeah. the one who told me about it. And, yes. uh, and he kind of said in the end, hey, like this is like a movement that's actually legitimate. And when I read a lot of the comments, I saw like the frustration they had and and a lot of Somali women were kind of pushed back by that. And they're like, hey, you know, like we offer everything for these guys, you know, we're no different than, than the moms that raised them. Mm-hmm. But then now I think we've seen this year with 2022, like um, I think he, um, you've kind of posted on your Instagram and uh, even the intro guy for the podcast kind of like sent me some TikTok videos. Or there's a lot of Somali women that are more than happy marrying Ajanebi guys. Marrying guys are not Somali, and they're pro- proclaiming that. So is there like a double standard in that aspect, where you, you feel like in the end, like a lot of like Somali men are shunned, not to look at options elsewhere, where Somali w- w- uh, women are kind of like, hey, you know, uh, I wouldn't mind marrying a Ajanebi guy because it's different than me marrying a Somali guy. Because I witnessed it firsthand this year, mm-hmm. like personally, like I spoke to a few small girls and they said in the end they would look things completely different as a double standard. I spoke to three small girls this year and they said that to my face. Even uh, I was even family members I've spoken with as well have said the exact same thing. They have no issue with a Somali girl marrying an Ejinabe, but they do have an issue with a Somali guy marrying an Ejinabe.
0: That's how the girls feel.
1: Yeah, and I've talked to family. I have, I've talked to female family members like aunts and all that kind of stuff, and I had a long conversation this year mm-hmm. about it, and they said that them. So I was kind of shocked hearing that and I was like, okay, that's interesting.
0: Well, you know, to, I look at this this is a pandemic that's been going on for a while now for yeah. over 20 years. The Somalis in the 90s, it was very rare. When we were brand new in the West, it was yeah. very rare for men. And maybe there was more men marrying Somali uh, non-Somali women than, than Somali uh, woman marrying non-Somalis in the 90s. Yeah. But What's going on now, I mean, um, the dynamics that I find is very strange is that wherever there is no welfare, like in Africa, in Arabia, in Pakistan, when Somalis live in, in other places, there is no welfare. Very few intermarriages with foreigners. Mm. Somehow it has to do with the welfare system of the West. You know I'm not saying it's uniquely, but it's predominantly like that. You rarely see Somalis in Kenya, even though there is hundreds of thousands marrying the Kenyans there. You know what I mean, in the numbers that they are here, so to a degree, I go back again that it's not a Somali free will i mean it's I always go back that there is a hidden hand behind this yeah there is a hidden hand. Behind this, uh, I'll show you for example uh, in the mid 2000s, there was a, a web page called Somali Gate. I don't know if you've heard yeah, of yeah. it.
1: I just talked about it in my last podcast uh, with a friend of mine. We were at, I just told him about it actually, and I said in the end, I'm like, like, Somali Gate was was famous back in 06 07 where
0: it was being exposed it, where a lot of Somali guys and girls were being putting, putting plastered. Especially on it. 99% of Somali girls, you yeah. know what I mean? Yeah, yeah. Where their phones were hacked, their computers were hacked. In the tens of thousands, you know what I mean? Yeah. I personally believe this came from deep government. This is not an individual person who can pull this off.
1: Oh, I, I was in the assumption it was like uh, Somali guys uh, that were posting
0: it. You don't think it was Absolutely at all? Absolutely
1: not. Because uh, one thing I did was, th- I was theorizing, it was like, this came up the same time Facebook came up.
0: It came out same time Facebook came out, but also the pandemic of Somali girls going with non-Somali men started around that time. I'm not Mm. saying this is solely responsible, but it's hugely responsible in diaspora because just like you thought it was Somali men doing it, it was a way to create a wedge between the Somali men and Somali women. So if this small example exists, also the it doesn't help the narrative of Hollywood back in the day where, you know, the pirates and all the pictures shown, you know, about Somalia was very – Black Hawk Down was the most notorious one. Absolutely. Yeah. You know, even Captain Phillips coming after that with yeah. Bargat, the whole idea was to demonize and to make the Somali man non-sexy. That's the key word, you know, but the Somali women were getting love in Hollywood. You know what I mean? So to go back to your uh, to your question about uh, I don't believe that the Somali woman and the Somali man are responsible for what they are doing. Believe me, for example, I can answer you this way: African American man was the least attractive man in the world in the eighties backwards because the media demonized them you follow so after Michael Jordan Michael Jackson hip hop and all of that happened they're the top dogs now yeah you follow so the media has a huge effect on it so the Somali man and Somali woman marrying outside of the race is part of the grander social engineering of all races need to be mixed for Mm -hmm. us being purely 100% uh, the same race is unacceptable
1: Do you also think it's a psychological thing? Because uh, one thing I've talked with a bunch of brothers uh, the past year and also like last year as well is that they feel like in the end, there's no defined roles between the the guys and the women, right? Because the women, they have like a a very uh, specific feminist mentality where they don't want to do the roles that their moms used to do. Mm. So like, obviously, there's a lot of sisters that have been highly educated, went to school. But they don't want to be the stay-at-home person and raise the kids. Mm. Like, I've met a lot of Somali girls who are adamant they will never do that. Mm-hmm. They would actually prefer their husband to be the one staying at home, cooking, cleaning, taking care of the kids, stuff like that. Mm-hmm. So there's a lot of guys that are like, I don't want to do that role. And I'm not going to go around marrying a Somali girl or a Muslim girl who who wants to focus on the career instead of focusing their family. Mm-hmm.
0: Yeah. Well. Somali women, I remember posting this a while and I just it dawned on me not too long ago is that Somali people in general are matriarchal. Oh, okay. We are led by women. Even though we hide to be patriarchal, that's the image that we give out. That Somali women even in Badir were had way more independence than all other women in the world. See, uh, you know what I mean? So this, the, the way our girls are acting here, it's not something new. It's in their DNA because they were almost all Somali households are led by the female. She literally is the decision maker to a degree. A good Somali father, to a degree, he's brought up in a way that he doesn't argue with his woman. You follow? He empowers the woman. He She creates the thing. If you look at the Pakistani, the Arabs, all other cultures, the women are so abused that they're scared of the father. Mm. You understand? That is why other culture Muslims have less intermarriages and going out of the races because of their their patriarchal they're so scared of their older male relatives yeah
1: our mutual friend actually i'm going to use this quote from now on he uh our our mutual friend intro guy he said uh the somali uh culture is a matriarchy disguised as a patriarchy
0: that's it absolutely absolutely we come across as patriarchy you know it's strangely the the first time I've heard that was from an African American man making a podcast in America saying that Somalis are no different than us, African Americans. Because for a while I've always wondered why are we, the Somalis, the closest culture to the African Americans than any other cultures. Yeah. It's because of matriarchy. African Americans were forced and bred to be matriarchal, led by women. It's not their nature. Their brothers in West Africa are not like that. Mm. Who have the same DNA? Yeah. You get it? Yeah. It came from centuries of, of slavery of empowering the woman. It's been going on for a while. That is one of the main reasons why Somalis were brought to the West because we are, like you said, uh, we are disguised as patriarchy, but we are really matriarchal. Mm. You know, so that is why we literally mirror our kids in the West are exactly living the African-American lifestyle because they see daddy is a wimp at home, that mom runs the show. Hmm.
1: So do you think in the end that uh, some guys, like uh, I know some guys that are okay with that, that, um, that, um, that role where in the end they'll let the girl do whatever they want and let the girl boss them around. But do you think in the end, so should Somali guys accept that? Or do you think uh they should adapt to it? Like adapt as in like, you know what? Like I I'll I'll kinda of change that dynamic if I'm gonna meet someone down the line. Or should they just accept that, be like, you know, that's part of my culture. It is what it is.
0: It is what it is because it's it's been like that. It worked in the in the desert. When we were in the in the nomadic lifestyle, the matriarchal aspect made sense because the man had to is a camel herder, so he has to take care of the camel. He had to wage wars to defend the woman, so the woman had to do a lot of work at home. You follow? So the I don't I don't believe he should accept that. It's unnatural in this world right now. You follow? So the like right it's you can reverse nature the way it is you know so a man accepting the woman leading her you know what i mean it's not her role to understand the dynamics of the politics that's going on Mm. you follow what i mean i'm not saying that she's unintelligent or she's 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 totally beneath him no everyone has their role so if she leads him and now we'll be spending time in ikea and decorating and there's nothing wrong with that but because of the satanic things of what's going on in the world, she will not be equipped to be aware of the deceptions and the the, the agendas that are going on to corrupt her children. Yeah. You follow what I yeah, mean? Yeah,
1: I do follow, yeah.
0: So so to a degree, feminism is nothing new. During Moses' time, when they were hunting for the eldest son, no woman were being killed. I, I hope you realize throughout the wars of the world, When men and other men fight, when one group is defeated, the other group takes the woman (laughs) for their own. They're not scared of her because nature made her to be a homemaker. So when she has children for the man who killed her husband and her father, she will take care of his children. Mm. You follow what I mean? It's, It's a nature thing. So when you say, should the man accept the woman leading him well, yeah, if he wants to be a sperm donor. <laughs> you know what I mean? Yeah. If he wants if he wants another man to use his children and however he wants to sure.
1: Yeah, cuz the the main reason I kind of was uh, wanted to talk about this uh subject like in, this question in general was cuz like I I do see a lot of like uh, guys that uh that do want to marry Somali women but like they had like I was was talking to a brother last year um like at the end of the year and like he didn't want to come on the podcast but like he did talk about like how it, it kind of like you were mentioning in regards to like how the parents dictate to their kids, like how they should act in a certain way, especially in regards to getting married and how he was, like he was telling me he was ta- talking to a sister in Edmonton. And uh, what happened was basically they had an ar- arrangement. He comes to the house. He visits the parents. He talks to her for a bit. He comes the very next day and basically she goes 180. Everything they they talked about, she c- completely says, you know what? No, I'm not going to be doing that. I listened to my mom uh i i i'm not i don't want you to do this 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 i want it this way and then he's like this is not how it's supposed to be and then the mom came in and said no this is how it's supposed to be i me and my husband would be been married 40 years this is exactly how it went with my thing i lead he follows and he looked at the uh to the father the husband and he just nodded his head like absolutely like, just like he just didn't care let let his wife say whatever and let his daughter say whatever mm-hmm. and he's like in the end i'm not comfortable with this arrangement it's mm. like you guys can have it this way, but I prefer where I'm the one kinda like making the decisions, stuff like that. Yes. Yeah. And he was financially stable. He has like, yeah, he's like basically an entrepreneur and stuff like that. And he's like, in the end, I'm not gonna be dealing with that.
0: Yes, yeah. yes, yes. No, but it's it, it's it's a cultural thing. Like I said yeah. in the desert, there was nothing wrong with it because giving the woman the autonomy, yeah, you know what I mean? She she will raise a tough man. Yeah. You know what I mean? In that harsh environment, she can't be as feminist as they are here because she realizes the defined role of the man and the woman. She respects the man, you know, putting his life, protecting the, the family. Yeah. But because of technology, the man is obsolete. You know what I mean? She, the, the ATM is there. The women are getting, you know, much preference in the jobs. You know what I mean? Yeah. So. Uh, bravo to that guy because what that guy is saying is that I want to live and lead my life the way he created me as Khalifa I want to be the leader of my house so one advice I will give all the boys for example all the men is that the woman the prospective woman that you want to marry watch her family Talk to her dad. If her dad you will be exactly like that dad is. Yeah. <laughs> you know what I mean? Yeah. If he if he has self-confidence, if he's happy, if he's content, that's a good family. You know what I mean? But if he's a wimp, if he's always looking down, if he's scared of his wife, that's your future.
1: Yeah.
0: You know that that guy is very lucky to have yeah. seen and to have the insight and the intelligence to see the dynamics. Yeah. That he wasn't blinded by love. Yeah. You know, they say love is blind. Yeah, for the dumb. Yeah,
1: <laughs> They make a show on that on Netflix. Like that's a popular thing. And it's, it's very popular with females. And like, I see my mom watching it all the time, unfortunately. Mm. And I always kind of like debate with her. I'm like, why are you watching? It's like, oh, this is how it's supposed to be. Of course, because the men are wimps. Yeah. And then the women are the ones that kind of like picking and choosing. I don't watch the show, but like, I can see the premise of it. And that's literally what it is Love is blind. Mm-hmm. Love is blind for, for idiots. Hunt, for idiots. Yeah. Yes.
0: For idiots. Yeah. And, 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 ignorance is a bliss. Like they say, yeah. by the way, it's not just that show in Netflix. It's almost 100% of all the shows show that men are wimp and women are leading the way. You know what I mean? Yeah. So that's what most people begin to believe into that aspect. Yeah. You follow? So, so, i don't blame the females in that they're playing a role that they're not equipped for
1: yeah
0: they're not hardwired to f- understand the the politics and uh, the, the, the 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 schemes of men yeah other men do you follow mm-hmm. so so we both complement each other you know nahla created us to complement each other we're not in competition but the system made it as if we are in competition. You follow? So my whole aspect to 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 the woman, for example, is to tell them go back to your nature. Mm-hmm. You know, humble yourself down. You know, saying that you gotta be equal. No man will be telling me something. Well, guess what? The man Ilahi has given him this authority. It's not doesn't mean he's super that he controls the world. Ilai controls him. Also, he himself is another humble creation, you know. So, for when the woman follows her man, and you know, I have a cousin of mine, for example, to give you an example. Yeah. She was an extreme feminist in uh, living before, you know, you know, dating here and there. She had a degree. She was living her life, and then somehow, some way, she married her cousin and she abandoned the feminist way of living and she has few kids for him now. He goes out, he's go he's gone away for months working as a truck driver. She's a stay at home mom, you follow? And she went back to university. She's finishing her second degree while at home, taking care of her kids. You know, what made her change? What made her change is the genuine love she had for her kids. And and the fact that she wants them to grow up strong and alpha. Most people just see money. So when you see just the money, you'll be creating kids who are wimps, who are betas, who are soft. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Either they become soft or they become soft gangsters, I call them.
1: Yeah.
0: The, the gangsters are just betas who rebel. Yeah. <laughs> They're not really alphas. Yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah.
1: That's a very, very good point. Uh, the next question I want to ask you is, uh, like, what factors do you think led uh, the Western Somali community in the path that is different from their parents? Because we kind of touched on it a bit. But, like, you were kind of, like, mentioning, like, uh, how the parents were kind of, like, we're doing that kind of stuff beforehand, like, back home. So do you think that we've gone a way, uh, a way worse path now than our parents were doing, like, 40, 50 years ago? Or do you think, like, we are kind of, like, following that exact same path?
0: no we, we we're doing it worse in a degree the what's unique to the somali community more than the other uh, immigrants is that the other immigrants because they were they came from patriarchal society yeah they understood the the need of culture yeah we our somali culture is dominance we don't really have a culture our culture is we'll kick your ass yeah. <laughs> and we're not scared of anybody. Yeah. So that's why Somalis when they came here, they encouraged the kids to be Western. Yeah. You follow? We yeah. adapt. We're we're like chameleons. We adapt to our nature. Yeah. You know what I mean? we are, we we don't have a settled villages like other immigrants who came here. We're nomadic. Yeah, You follow? So the, all the parents, majority of the parents predominantly encourage their kids to adapt to Western culture because they assume that that is synonymous with wealth. Hmm. You follow? Yeah. So that is why you will see households where the kids speak only English and the parents don't speak it. You know, that's unheard of in any other immigrant society. It's almost zero. You, you follow? In yeah. the Chinese, in any culture, it's almost zero. In our culture, it's almost the opposite. Why? We have no fear of losing anything. But now, after generation, we realize the importance of that culture.
1: Yeah, You're, you actually touched on it a bit last year because uh, you were talking about a specific YouTuber, not YouTuber, but like Instagram guy. I won't name his name, but I think you kind of know who he is, mm. uh, Jay Dean. But <laughs> uh, <yes. laughs> but uh, you were kind of like talking about how like uh like how Somali youth are like swayed in many different ways possible, and you said in the end like he's kind of like uh, this person's like one uh one guy that kind of sways the youth in a certain way that he's kind of like being uh, a chameleon in a sense mm-hmm. where like he's kind of like uh, taking advantage of uh, Somali youth and uh portraying them in a certain way that they should not have and you're saying in the end that he's not he won't be the only one that you're kind of we were talking before the podcast how hollywood it kind of like is like mesmerized by the somali community and like you're saying many years from now that it's kind of going to be broken down in many different spots like you want to touch on that a little bit more Well, well i've
0: always felt that one of the biggest roles somalis were brought into the west is for hollywood yeah. And the reason is uh, also is to to destroy Islam in the future. We will be the PR of that. Yeah. You know what I mean? So we are photogenic, we are we're charismatic, we're made for camera. Our culture is come, we are literally all actors. Yeah. <laughs> you, you follow yeah, what I mean? Yeah. So uh, the JD does make, he grew up with us, he saw he's he knows our psyche. You know, Somadis are easy to dominate. When you don't, when you you don't, when you don't force to fight them, for example. Yeah. When you act like you're their their friend, when you speak their language, they become very, they become very humble. We're really humble people who are really brave (laughs) to a degree. I don't know how to, how to say it, but we were created for Hollywood and you'll be seeing uh, as you see a lot of Somali girls in Hollywood now, the next wave will be Somali men in Hollywood. Uh, do you know this Somali actress that was on Netflix show 13 Reasons Why? No.
1: Yeah. Those, she was uh, like one of the lead uh, actresses. I think I've heard
0: of it. Yeah, 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 yeah. 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 She's
1: half Somali, half uh, European, I believe. I've got her names. But like, yeah. I didn't know she was Somali. She didn't look Somali until yeah, yeah. Uh, my brother watches the show. And he told me, he's like, yeah, she's Somali. I was like, wow, I didn't know so that. There's so many. And yeah. the
0: behind the scenes, it's just beginning. Yeah. Especially the mixed race and 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 this, the we are we are the only country in the world whose land people and language are the same somalia yeah you know what i mean and the world is all going to be mixed so we can be unmixed on our own we'll have to follow through but the elites have a big role for somalis for hollywood like i said that has to do because we were already our women were already natural feminists you follow, so we were already living the culture they want to introduce to the world. That's why African Americans were chosen. You know, they were already being told to be slave for centuries. Now, if you wanna, if you wanna create a new students for slavery, of course you you choose the senior slave who has experience in that. Yeah, you, you know
1: what I mean. Yeah, you were mentioning in regards to the elite. Like, why do you think they're so fascinated by Somalis? Like, why do you think the Western Empire is so fascinated with Somalis. Like, what is is it? Our culture? Is it like who we are? Is it like like in the end, like 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 why is it like they're so fascinated with us?
0: Well, number one, we they believe we have the oldest homogeneous DNA in the world. Yeah. Number one. Number two. I've never heard of any Somali who believe this, even myself. But a lot of deep elites believe that we are genetically Jewish. They believe that. And we've heard from a lot of powerful Jews claiming that we are one. You know what I mean? That is why we were brought disproportionately to the richest countries in the world. We have the highest proportion of population, you know, in the West than all all Africans. Mm -hmm. You know, so they've chosen us, one for our DNA, two for... The, the tribal aspect that they claim we are. So literally the reason is it's in our genes. I'm not talking about your clothes, (laughs) but it's literally the genes to answer
1: that. I've never heard that, that we have part Jewish ancestry. Like that's, that's very interesting. I'd never heard of that before. That's the first time I've ever heard
0: genetically, genetically. Okay. Genetically meaning during the Pharaoh times. Oh, okay. okay. To go back to that time. Yeah. I don't believe, I, I don't believe it neither. No Somali does. But I've heard from my, I've heard from directly Jewish people, you know, there who claim that we are not just me, many Somalis have heard that. I've, I've heard that quote from them, which is very strange. They never claim any people. Hmm. So for them to claim us, you know what I mean? I don't know if you realize in Canada here, what was it like 10 years ago? There was a program where the Jewish lawyers made advertisement to mentor Somali youth. I heard about that.
1: I remember that. Yeah. yeah, yeah. You follow what I, I mean? I remember that. Yeah. Why yeah.
0: would they make that a national announcement? Yeah. We're a small part of the population of Canada. Yeah. Yeah.
1: I was at school at the time. It was kind of strange seeing that. Yeah.
0: The minister of immigration, the minister who came, he came out of that program.
1: Oh, our current, uh, yes, wow.
0: Yes. Wow. A lot of high power uh, profiles. They're already beginning now. They're already out. Why? Mm, that's
1: interesting. So our current uh, uh, um, um, Department of Immigration. Um, um, He's the Minister, the Minister of Housing now. Minister of Housing, wow. From Toronto. Yes, yes. He's, wow, I did not know that. That's interesting. Mm. So, yeah, that's very interesting. Did not know that, people. <laughs> All right, uh, the next question I want to ask is, that what are your thoughts on social media and what kind of impact has being on Somalis and urban communities in the West? Because you've been a very proponent. I've seen your Instagram I've seen, uh, like your, your posts on it, like, especially all throughout 2022 in regards to like how Somalis and, and do you think some social media has been a detriment to Somalis? Cause like it, it's fascinating for me. I, I there's a page that I think we both, we both follow my two, my two five two Somali. Mm-hmm. Want to shout out to them. They, yeah. uh, uh, they have an amazing Instagram post, but like I've seen a lot of their videos and I see like a lot of Somali girls on there and stuff. And some of it, sometimes I'm not a fan of it. And I feel like in the end, I'm like, oh, you know, it's a little bit embarrassing seeing like these kind of cringe stuff. But at the same time, there are, like, funny skits, and I see like it. But, like, do you think, in the end, it's a detriment to Somalis? Like, uh, in, especially in the West, like, using social media to detriment themselves? Like, make a fool of themselves? Because we see other people doing it all the time. Yeah, yeah. Uh, you know what I mean? It's, and like, it is kind of sad. Like, we were just talking about beforehand. Like, now, like, we're seeing, like, uh, Somali women getting exposed. Like, we were just talking about beforehand how there was a famous TikTok, uh, Instagram post of a... Uh, of um, a white dude who's married to a Somali girl, and Somali girl's beating the crap out of him. Yes, yeah. And, yes, and yes. then there's also a TikTok video I saw a while ago where there's uh, three um, um, black dudes who are married to Somali women, and they were I talking about yes, yeah, they yes, were talking yes. about how their Somali women are ashamed to be Somali when yes, they yes. they were talking to them before they got married. And I when I saw that I was so disgusted. I was like, what? Absolutely. That's just
0: like, what the hell's going on? Absolutely, yeah. absolutely. No, it's a detriment, not just to the Somalis, the whole world. Social yeah. media is the new community of the world. Yeah. It's, uh, you you always got to realize we're not living in vacuum. Like I say, we're part of the global aspect. But I was seeing a statistic which just blew my mind, a friend of mine, the, the voice guy, as I told yeah. you, sent me, yeah. is that he was showing me proportionately, for example, that um, Somali – Uh, was it TikTok? I think the algorithm um, that was saying that there is 15 billion hashtags with the Somali name on it. Wow. 15 billion. And America has 53 billion. Wow. Put that in perspective. America is over 350 million population and they are literally less than 40 billion more than us. Wow. That is crazy. That is TikTok's numbers itself. Hashtag Somalia has 5.3 billion hits. So uh, we, we, I, I believe that we are one of the largest proportional, if not the largest, you know, proportion of users of social media in the world. Yeah. You follow? Yeah. Because we are natural journalists. Yeah. You know what I mean? We are natural. Our whole culture is storytelling. You follow? Most other people's culture is working hard. (laughs) You know what I mean? Working in the fields and all of that. We were doing that with our camel, but our main culture was always social media before social media. Yeah.
1: We're very auditory people.
0: Yes. Poetry, you know, sayings, you know what I mean? So our entire, it's all oral to be be fair also. You follow? And what is TikTok? What is Instagram? It's an oral culture. It's not a written culture. Yeah. You follow, yeah. so it goes back to our DNA per se me famino. so yeah. and and then again, like I said, we are all like animal farms that that have been socially engineered that's why, for example, how do you explain Thailand having being the sex tourism of the world yet Indonesia and Malaysia right next door to it is not you know what I mean philip
1: very conservative
0: you know what and Philippines. Yeah. Even though it has a bit of sex tourism, but they are predominantly known as menial workers of the world, the nurses of the world. Yeah. Did this just happen accidentally? No. There is a so, there is a psychology that there is a psychological background that's been done. Mm-hmm. You you follow? Yeah. When the Japan was put uh, during the nuclear and destroyed after World War II. Why was it rebuilt and given all these concepts to build cars? Because the owners realized these guys are good in making shit, (laughs) you follow what I mean? So when it comes back to us, we are the people of the media, Mm. you follow? Even though we are natural entrepreneurs and work in the entrepreneurial concept, in the West, it's mainly the media. You follow? Yeah. So it's no accident back in the day when Drake keep referring to the Somalis, and that's that's why the Somali community in Toronto is going crazy and acting like extreme African Americans. Minneapolis is trying to outdo them. They are all within that dynamics. Haven't you wondered why? Do, why aren't the Congolese, the Nigerians, a lot of them were Christian, who are genetically closer to African Americans? Why are they not acting like that? Mm. You follow what I mean? Yeah,
1: yeah. It's a fascinating question. to Think about it. You're right. Why is that other African countries than their people like acting the way we are acting? It's, it's not the when they that come
0: are- here. Why not? Yeah, the, a lot of them have the the religious background. They have the the look of the African American. They can pass it off. Yeah. You follow? Yeah. They're, yeah, they're still conservative. They keep their culture. They're, you know Their they're, they're kids, even though they are into hip-hop, they don't take it literal the way Somalis do. Mm. It goes back to the matriarchal aspect because when that Nigerian Congolese kid goes home, daddy is the boss. You follow? Yeah. When the kid goes home, you know what I mean? He's Somali kid goes home, he sees that mommy is running the show. You know, so 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 to go back. I mean, I'm not skipping this question, but to go back to the intermarriage aspect is that the because dad is not the leader of the household, the girls don't have respect for their fathers. So that's why they become cheaper to the other cultures because she's literally looking for a daddy figure. Mm. So when she sees a Somali guy, she sees her brother, she sees her wimp dad. So she always makes it synonymous that oh, these are all dumb and 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 weak men.
1: I had one brother said that uh, he feels like Somali men are disposable. Mm. He went that far, and you telling me that months ago, and I was kind of like shocked that he would you say that, but he was adamant. He's like, "Yo, I feel like sometimes what our Somali sisters don't look at us." Uh, as important because like they're not raised to look at us as important
0: yes yeah. yes and and it all comes it all goes back to the material mom Yeah. you know what I mean the yeah. mom showing her that you know don't be like Mahalad Hadi you stupid dad you know what I mean don't become and, and you realize by the way like other cultures the so there is something special about the Somalis is that when the Somali mother disses the dad she disses all Somali Somalidan Somalis are always using the girl keep hearing Somalis as a bad people you follow and what happens you know sadly is that she becomes victim to any other man who's not Somali because in her mind she thinks that in what she have seen in the media that she will not vet that man you know she will not look at his background she will not see what his character is about she will just see oh thank goodness he's not Somali.
1: I've heard that quote before, <laughs> yeah, I have heard that that line before, and it kind of cringes me saying that I was like well, why would they say that? I've heard that in person, yes, yeah,
0: you know uh, it was coined in the mid two thousands in london it was it was literally coined it's called AAM head anything but Somali wow, it was a literal phrase anything but Somali wow, who, who coined that it, 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 some females in London. There was actually a shit, you know, in London. Yeah. I, I believe, I believe it was in London who came out to Somali mosque and said he has over hundreds of Somali females who are requesting marriages, you know, and almost all of them has one condition, anything but Somali. Wow. Like literally they're refugees seeking men, you know. Oh, yeah. that's
1: that's sad to hear. That's sad to hear that. But but you you were mentioning earlier, it all comes down to how they're being raised. If the father isn't there, and unfortunately, that's how they're gonna act.
0: Absolutely, yeah. absolutely, yeah.
1: It's 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 crazy. But like, do you think in the end, like, do you think now, like, especially for a guy now who is raising a daughter, like, what would you tell him? Like, uh, because like, especially now living in the West, it's gonna get way worse. And we know that it's. Yes. We're trying to get way worse now. Yes. Like, wh- how, what would you tell to potential like Somali father now, like as raising a daughter? Like, what would you, what would you tell him to do at this point?
0: Well, teach her of her ancestors, teach her of the culture. Yeah. Show her the history of Somalia. Let her be proud of her people. You know of what they have accomplished, of what they have done. You know, a lot of, lot of these kids are not aware that before the West came, Somalis were almost superpower in Africa for thousands of years. You know, in 1500, Somalis were fighting the Portuguese in Ethiopia with, with muskets, early guns, yeah. well, while African-Americans, Africans in the West were being enslaved. We had cannons. You know, there were Somalis going to China on a a business tours. You know what I mean? Like uh, going back to thousands of years, if, you know, it's a karma thing. I mean, if you are not proud of who you are, no matter what you accomplish, you could be a millionaire. You could, you could have a lot of degrees. If you're not proud of your DNA, you become a victim to other DNAs. Hmm. That's that's very interesting. Cool. It's a karma thing. It's yeah. a karma though. Yeah. It's a karma. When you say, what would you say to a father, to a, his children and his daughter? Now, if that father doesn't care about his grandfather and what he has done yeah. and he's not proud of what he has done, you get it? So, of course, the kids will not be proud of him. It's a cycle. So to break that cycle, we need to go back and relearn our oral traditions, relearn our history, relearn what we have accomplished. You get it? Yeah. That is what is missing. Now, believe it or not, back when I was a young man in, in Somalia, we were always being taught about that. You know, even though it was, we were part of, you know, Italian colonization was coming in. But as you go back, you know what I mean? We were, and, and, and you can also see whatever, genetics you carry, it came from your grandparents and, and there is a there is a memory of, of their existence within you. If you deny that, there is less confidence that will show towards others. Hmm. That is why our girls are being snatched left and right because they have no reference, no pride of their culture. Hmm. So we are what I call genetic refugees. You know, it's, it's made, it, it is, it's done, it's done, it was done by the West. You follow what I mean? Yeah, yeah,
1: yeah.
0: It's, it's, it's strangely, we were the most proudest, you know, uh, humans on earth, really, culturally. Like, we, we came from our grandparents, our whole aspect is we, we are second to none. Hmm. You know what I mean? I remember reading, uh, Alex, what was the Alex Hanley in his book Somali and the Warriors? This is a British man at the height of the British Empire in the in the 30s. He literally made a quote that said, and he's been almost anywhere in the world, he said, There's no human on earth braver than the Somali nomad. And all. You know what I mean? They the 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 respect our enemies were giving us is just outstanding. And even now, if you really look at it now. In your generation, the love Somalis get is always from non-Somalis. Yeah. You rarely hear it from Somalis being so proud of it. Look at all the other. Have you seen any one of your friends who become your friends? Like they say, I I say, once you go Somali, you can't go back. It really is. Yeah, that's
1: that's true. They get
0: addicted to us. Yeah. But we don't understand why. We're not proud of it. They know that. We don't know that.
1: Because we don't know like our own selves. We don't know our culture. We don't know like our ancestry. We don't know any of that sort of history of it. Mm-hmm. So we don't know the ticks the, the, the of what, how, we, how we are actually. Yes. Yeah, yeah.
0: So the advice I will give to any man and any woman is that there is no more Somalia. There is no more actually any group of people. The group of people is just you and your nucleus family that you create. From here on. That's what community is. A man and a woman getting together and the children they have, that is the fight now. That's the country. Yeah. If you get extra people who understand you and you create a group of friends who understand and reinforce that, that's a huge bonus. It's extremely rare, you know what I mean? So so to a degree, you have to uh, stay together and the other advice i'll give to the somali which is really rare in the somali community is that we don't arrange marriage our kids you know we just let them be oh go, go to we arrange the school they go to we arrange the clothes they wear you know what i mean but we don't arrange their marriages you know so and that's what a lot of pakistanis and arabs do they do you need to plan for your kids marriage it's one of the biggest decisions they will make
1: I think it's more preparing each, the, the, the guy and the girl, uh, their roles in a marriage spot. I don't think we get prepared enough for that, unfortunately. No one talks about it. No one talks about it. Yeah. No one talks about it, unfortunately. And it's and, it, and now it's kind of turned to like a taboo thing where you're told, you're told by your parents to get married at a certain point, but you're not prepared at that point. Yes. You That's know why? Approach. You know what it what? is?
0: It's, it's our have no fear mentality. That's our downfall. It worked in the desert, but here we have this concept, no, they all take care of themselves. To to the father and the mother, they feel ashamed that no, in fact, not ashamed, but they feel like they don't want to trespass on your freedom, you know, because we are so crazy on freedom. (laughs) You follow what I mean? Yeah. Because we're a very, very proud and brave culture. Mm -hmm. So to breed brave and proud people, you have to give them space. Yeah. That's what your parents and their grandparents had, space to grow. But in the West, you don't need the space. You need to be confined. You need to be told no. You need to be on their ear all the time. Very few Somalis have understood that. Very, very few Somalis Mm. have understood that. And almost all of them have succeeded. I've seen it's not all Somalis. I've seen Somali parents who are micromanaging their kids and they all turned out to be to be good. You know, I'm sure you, you're you one of them. I'm sure, but me, fam, you know, like a lot of the, the, the problem is this over-freedom that they are given because we came from a nomadic lifestyle of always moving. You know, you you can.
1: I I would actually agree with that. Like as uh, before, my my dad passed away. Like, cause he passed away when I finished high school. Oh, but like rahm. he 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 micromanaged everything in my life, everything. His legacy is within you. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He micromanaged. It. That's why who
0: I am today is because he, he micromanaged. I was me. gonna say that. Yeah. I was gonna say. So I'm yeah. sure your mom learned that through him. Yeah. I, you know, yeah. His legacy continued. Yeah. You, you you follow what I'm yeah, saying? Yeah. So that your dad is one of those few ones who understood that. Yeah. Usually, believe me, it comes from the, the dad. The mom has something to do with it. But if the father is leading the house and the mother becomes he co co leader with him, that's an amazing dynamic to grow up in.
1: Yeah. Yeah. It's it's amazing, but you're right, it is kind of rare seeing that. Extremely
0: rare. Yeah extremely rare yeah. so it just a lot of people think that just because the dad is there, i've seen a lot of dads who are there but he who's also educated who's who's a breadwinner who's giving everything to the house but guess what because he's a whim the kids will grow up to be whims just because you're there yeah. you know what i mean your presence it doesn't mean anything yeah yeah
1: it's it's crazy it's crazy and the next question i actually want to ask you is uh Uh, Do you believe in Somalis maintaining our culture and religion living in the West, or do you think it will disappear? Because we've touched on a bit, uh, on the previous questions, but like, do you think we'll be able to maintain our culture and our religion 10 years from now, or do you think it'll completely disappear?
0: Well, everything it will disappear, uh, and yeah. the reason I'm saying it will disappear is uh, I have to go back to the prediction of the religion, like I said earlier. That should be our uh, GPS. That should be our guiding mode. Yeah. What did the religion? What did the prophets al said? Yeah. You know when these signs happen, yeah. like it said when the when the jail comes when he comes out. Uh, for every nine hundred ninety nine, you are a thousand. You know, 999 of them will be kufar. So if we're heading towards that line, and what we see now, the it will disappear. And the only way to attain that, as I see it, is to go to small, small villages away from here, away from the grid. The less technology, the more culture. It's a mathematical calculation. There's a, there's, a,
1: there's a very few imams that I've been watching the last few years, especially during the pandemic, who have said move to uh, move to small towns move into villages. If yes. you're living in the West, move into those obscure towns that yes. no one lives in. Yes. Because uh, they're basically saying exactly that because not a lot of people talk about the Dijjall. And for non-Muslims who listen to the podcast, the Dijjall in Islam is basically the version of the Antichrist uh, in the Christianity. So, mm-hmm. like, that's what Denny's mentioning. But, like, yeah, like, because it is like we we've seen the city; it's getting way worse. Uh, like living here in Ottawa, I've seen it in Toronto last year as well. It's it things are getting way way worse. And I, like I we kind of mentioned it like a bit earlier as well. Like I don't think it's gonna last within ten years. Mm-hmm. I don't think like I don't think anything's gonna last because like there's a lot of friends that I know that moved out of the west and moved to the Middle East and moved back to Somalia. Yes, cause yes. they they're, they don't want to raise their kids in the next ten years seeing everything what's what's happening now.
0: Absolutely, yeah. there is a Somali proverb that says a sitting water will always be overrun by the flood yeah. you know if you have a puddle of water somewhere and and a flood of water comes you will follow that <laughs> flood of water yeah. so so we will be we will be all overrun know, I mean, so the only way the one one of the few ways just like that that even within the city you could still be safe if you become introvert you have to be you have to choose to you know, few friends. You have to choose who you associate yourself with. You could still live within the village, in the city. (laughs) You follow? Yeah. If you just cut as much people off. But eventually, you're absolutely right. For the kids, there is no, almost no way out of here. And imagine, this is the strange thing, more white Christians homeschool their kids than Muslims do in the West. More white people understand the the what, what I'm talking about and the effect of the jail will have and what is what is going on in the world than most Muslims, strangely. You know why? Because they live through this life way more than us. We're brand new to it. You know what I mean?
1: They've been preparing for it. Like, uh, you've heard since the 90s, there was like a, there was a lot of doomsday books yes. that were happening and they felt like in the end, the end was near. They thought the Y2K apocalypse was like the yeah. end of time. stuff like that. so they've been prepared for a while. Yes. They've been prepared since like the 70s and 80s. So they saw what was happening in the 70s with the drugs and the rock and roll and the sex. Yes. And they're like, they're like, okay,
0: we're new to it. We're, we're new to, new to it. it. We're new to it. Yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah. Just like there is way more white people eating healthy than than uh, immigrants yeah. because we're new to the system. And and you, if you look at it, your generation understands way more than my generation. Yeah. You, you follow? Yeah. The older generation are totally oblivious mm-hmm. to what you're talking about. Anyone above 40 and up they have almost no clue. They understand the job, but they don't understand. Mahalada. They just see the black and white thing of like, why are the girls wearing short skirts? They they don't understand the effect of it. <laughs> you follow? Yeah. I, I remember hearing a, a Sheikh a while back, I think it was in London again, where this is just synonymous of the 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 generational gap that's going on. This is a sheikh in a masjid. And one time he saw her, his daughter's uh, phone was ringing in her bag and he, he picked up the, uh, her bag open and then a condoms, bag of condoms fell out of her bag. Oh. And this is a 17 year old girl in high school. So the sheikh is shocked. Oh my God. He confronted her. He's like, what is this thing doing here? So of course she's like, Oh dad, no, is this sexual education school? Cause they forced me to do this. You know, and the father just, he was fuming. He went to the, to the school, you know, say, why, why what did you do my, to my daughter? Why you, t- I told you to teach her, you know, uh, uh, academics. What is this sexual thing you're teaching her? And they said, sir, your girl had three abortions. You know, to save her, we asked her to use condoms. Oh my <laughs> God. Oh my God. Wow, do you do you see do you see how different? So to the dad, the girl was hijabi. She's go to school, and and that's what it goes into. Mi famino, he believing he was in such a shock that within a week he moved away. He left the whole family. He ran away. So go nah, come with me. They said no. He left. He went back home.
1: Ah, uh, I'm not surprised about like. Like Muslim people do doing this kind of stuff, but I'm I'm shocked that seventeen year old would have like three abortions like that and just covered up from her from her family like that. But you know, this is the times we're living in. Like it's it's gonna be hard to raise raise families like that in a
0: traditional sense. Absolutely, because the reason that girl uh, that poor girl is that just like a lot of majority of Somalis, we believe just because we give her a roof in a, a house, uh, food and clothing, that's all she needs. No. Especially now, black, white, yellow, you have to, as I call them, debrief your kids. And from school, every day, you have to speak to them for hours because there is an enemy fighting you for their head. Eight hours. Yeah. For eight hours in school, another eight hours in social media and TV. So the parents have to micromanage from young, you know. So my advice to the, to the young men and women having kids now is that from the minute they need is begin to speak, you should have their ear. The kids will trust you if you let them speak, if you let them talk to you. Be best friends with them. The, the, one of the main things that's going on within the Somali community is that there is no communication. They don't talk to the kids. Yeah. So,
1: and these topics are not really broached as well. Like even with the Somali youth. Yes. Yes. Yeah. We're not being broached about it. We're being shamed if we, we talk about those kinds of subjects. But like, unfortunately, yeah, it's like, it's not a discussion that uh, uh, I guess it's off my podcast. i am probably maybe the first to be talking about this stuff, but like, I don't hear anywhere else, unfortunately. Yes. I hear discussions within like guys I speak with off, off the podcast, but like, but no one will come up in public and talk about it, unfortunately. Mm-hmm, yeah. Mm-hmm, yeah mm-hmm. Which is kind of sad, unfortunately. Cause I feel like if these talks happened 10, 15 years ago, maybe things would have been different.
0: No, indeed, indeed, indeed. Well, well like you said, well, we should always look at Ghadr, why it happened as Allah has willed. Yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah. And like I said, and my main advice is that there is no more community. It is, it is, it's, it's, it's a dying concept. It has died. There is no Somalia. It's in our head. <laughs> you follow what I mean? We should use it as a reference. Because when I say what is a concrete Somali, let's say hundreds of years ago, it might have been there. Yes, that Qabil lives in there. They have that, the, you know, unique culture. You know, countries existed like that. But right now, we really there is no Canada. It's it's an enterprise. You see, that's why they say knowledge is power. You know, it's really the real currency of the world is knowledge. If you don't have knowledge, then then you don't know what you're building. You know what I mean? You might be building your own demise and you don't even know it. Mm. So that's why my advice to now is that your, your brothers, your sister, your mom, your children, those are your country now. If you can make other group that f- join you, good, but don't live and die for that existence. You know what I mean? Yeah. Learn from your historical aspect. Associate with your Somali friends, you know what I mean. But as far as who am I, who's my country, you know, it's your direct DNA that's close to you. You follow? Yeah. I'll I'll show you an example. I don't know if you've heard of the story of Kunta Kinte.
1: I've heard of the name
0: before. Kunta Kinte. He's yeah. the he he's the his great great grandson wrote the book The Roots. Roots, yes, yes, yes. Which the, the, the movie, movie Roots yeah, is based yeah. on. I watched it, yeah. So to make it a very brief, it's a long story, to make it very brief is that Kunta Kinte was one of the last slaves brought to America in the in 16 or 1700s. Mm-hmm. And he was a prince, a Muslim prince from West Africa. Yeah. So he was a very proud and very, and this is what I mean about knowledge. This is what I mean about knowledge is that uh, Kunta Kinte, he tried to escape from his slavery in, in America And many times he tried to escape. Then finally they cut his leg off, you know, so that he doesn't escape anymore. So he had only one daughter. And he decided to give her his whole historical background to her every night. His his tribe, where he's from, where everything is. And for years he was teaching her his language and everything. So before he kept telling her, you pass on this story to your kid and to his kid. So after 200 years later, Alex Haley, who's his great-great-grandfather who wrote the book, Autobiography of Malcolm X, he wrote that book also, Alex Haley. After that book, he he decided to go back to his grandma who was talking about Kunta Kinte and this concept. So he went to the United Nations to see if any of the new African diplomats recognized this language. One guy did and brought him back to the village. They spoke there. And they knew of him, Kunta Kinte, who was stolen from Africa back to America. 200 years later, the message he left came back to the village.
1: Wow. Fascinating. That's amazing.
0: We are exactly in that same boat. Mm. We just don't see it. We are in a worse slavery because the physical slavery is not as bad as the mental slavery we're going on, because physical slavery you will be forced to use your brain. Yeah. Mental slavery, you think you're free. That is why everything is being used for so easily and we don't see the problem, because we're mentally enslaved. We're physically free, but we're mentally enslaved. So that's what I'm trying to say tell you, is that free your mind, tell your kids your culture, learn your culture, learn your deen, the end of times is coming in and hopefully your kid and his grandkid will be better than you are. You know what I mean? Yeah. Because your legacy when you pass away is for them for them to pray for you.
1: Yeah, that's a very, very, very good point. And I hope a lot of people take that lesson in that as well. Cause like, it's hard, it's it's hard. It's hard to uh, kind of fathom that, but like that Kuntukinti story, that's that's very, very, inspiring mm-hmm. i just hope we do have someone like that in, in our culture that actually does like understand our history roots and kind of do go back and like mm-hmm. like paint that picture down the line but that's amazing uh the next question i do want to ask you is uh uh what are your thoughts on our, our future children and how do you think they'll be effective they continue living outside of our culture because we actually were just talking about that like um you were just mentioning that actually right now um like how, how, how do you think uh, they'd be able to survive. If do you, do you think we will have to micromanage them here? Or do you think we might have to take them somewhere else, like outside of the West? Because we were talking about earlier in regards to, like, maybe living outside of, a like, a small town, small village. But unfortunately, we're still living within the system. We're still living in the matrix. Yes. Well, no matter what, we can control what's going to be in the household. But I spoke with a brother this year who's not Somali, that you probably would know him, but I don't want to mention by name. Uh, But he left to the Middle East. And one of the main reasons why he left is... For his kids, and he did not want his kids. He can control the amount he can, can in the household, but you can't control what's outside.
0: Yes, yes. Right. Yes. If you
1: go to a shopping mall, you'll see women in bikinis. Yes. Like yes, you yes. don't want your five-year-old watching that, right? Yes, yes. You can control as much as you can, but like, what do you think? Like, should be, uh, the uh, wh- how do you think you'll move moving forward? Do you think many people will have to leave the West eventually and move out to raise raise their kids? in a more conservative way? Or do you think
0: in the end, there's an alternative solution towards it? The alternative is to micromanage them, but yes, you are absolutely correct. They need few years of going back. And when I say going back, I don't talk about city in Mogadishu. Like try to go to your ancestral villages. Try to go as small village as possible. Let them have one year or two year experience living without technology if possible. Yeah. Or less technology. You mean familiar? to go to small villages for them to experience that. That is, by the way, our Prophet wa sallam, and he was he was his mom had him, he was sent into a small town. Why? The same during the Prophet time they were doing that. Hmm. Why so? Because the more settled the places are, the more softer they get. So you have to give these kids a harsh life. They have to understand they will value that mm. somehow, some way you have to find a way. And like you said, I absolutely agree with you to move to a small town in North America. Uh, the, the white folks who live there will not accept you. Yeah. you know what I mean? they are way more conservative they will see you as another thing you know it will be an uphill level that's why i mean go back to if you come if you go back to dubai now or you go to malaysia it's the same, yeah. same stuff you know nothing to, even mogadishu is no different mm-hmm. you know what i mean so you ha- they have to somehow go back to somewhere uh, smaller towns out there. And eventually, and that's what I mean, eventually now because what you're talking about is a child's play as far as it's a very by 2030, once the West becomes like China it becomes really dangerous when the social credit comes in. You follow what I mean? This will resemble like a coma. It's already resembling that. So it's it's not a matter of culture. It will be a matter of survival to eventually try to learn to live off the grid now, you know, instead of going to Vegas now or going to Mexico, go to a third world country, you know, even if you're single, go to a small village, stay with them there, see the lifestyle firsthand. Yeah. You know?
1: Yeah, because in the end, it may change your perspective of like how life is, because I think we're very enamored of the Western life. I think unfortunately we're we're susceptible. That's why we're so weak minded in regards to it, because it is like everything we see, Mm-hmm. like everything we want, right? And I think that's why we're kind of raised as that. So I think, what age do you think we should have kids go to those like smaller villages? Like, do you think it should be like in their
0: formative years before they're teenagers or while they're teenagers, you'd say? Before they're teenagers, hopefully. Yeah. Also my advice would be somehow for those who are awake or trying to awaken, another way you can do it too is to homeschool them the first few years. You know, yeah. to pull together a few friends, pull together some money and, 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 you know, instead of nannies, you, you, you put someone you trust with them or teach them the culture. Within here, you could create a cocoon of culture. Yeah. You know, homeschool them the first few years. You know what I mean? Yeah. Talk to them all the time. You know, re- teach them the religion, teach them and teach them the, the other aspect too is wherever you run, you can't outrun your mind. You yeah. follow what I mean? Yeah. So the best way you can really reteach them is that to tell them directly. This is what they're trying to teach you. This is what we believe. Go head on. Just like there is a there is a psychological warfare going on you. Go directly with the kids. Yes, I know they say this is what the school is saying, but don't believe what, what do you think? Does that make sense? You know, it's like you're doing debriefing. You know you so once the kid understands that, he will understand he has a dual aspect. he He will understand that he will have to front in school and in public. He doesn't have to buy into that. you get it yeah. and you you become you, you have to teach the hey that's how that's why I said in slavery times when the, the physical slaves were much more freer than we are now. Imagine a physical free slave back in the day. Because they were never broken down mentally. Yes. He will tell his kids, hey, when master comes, don't act up, okay? Smile, okay, okay. They will have eye contact. The kids is like an army. He's yeah. playing in the army mode. Yeah. But these kids now, you know what I mean? That's what I mean. It's the parents' fault. You have to proactively fight this. Mm. Fight fire with fire. Yeah. They're teaching them that. Te- re-teach them. Tell them, hey, don't question them because you will be in trouble if you do. You know, you're really in prison. They need to be aware they're in prison. Yeah. Because if they don't, they'll end up in the real one. <laughs> yeah. That's <is, laughs> That's actually
1: true. That is actually true. We are like a prisoner of our own mind. That That's that's an unfortunate thing. Yeah. It's. Uh, it it's might crazy. be
0: scary. Yeah. It might scare them. Well, it's better to scare them now than for them to be crazy in the future.
1: Yeah. Because we have to prepare them. Unfortunately, we're not prepared, and things change every year. Like we see the medium, everything changes that year. Yes. Now. like I would never have thought like last year, like um, like and and especially this year, like how things have turned out. Like where now, like protesting is illegal, right? Like actual legitimate protesting is illegal. Yeah, right? uh, yeah, yeah. It's like,
0: becoming like a third world country. Yeah,
1: it's becoming a third world country. We're no different than the third world countries uh, over there, where yeah. in the end they crack down on
0: protesters. It's crazy. They take about their bank accounts closed, yeah. everything done. Yeah. That's yeah. A rehearsal yeah. to what's to come. Yeah. And that's what I'm trying to tell you all. The future refugee will be running from the first world to the third world.
1: Yeah.
0: You know what I mean? So you better be prepared before you're on a no-fly list before it, what's going on in China is coming here. Yeah. You cannot you cannot express your thoughts. It's crazy. The West hates Like countries like Russia and
1: China, because they consider them a dictatorship, a communist country, but they take all their teachings. (laughs) And they place it here. It's the irony of it. Yes. You know yes. what I mean? Like, uh, like Nazi Germany, for example, like they always take like, hate on Hitler. Mm. But what's the big thing they took out uh, from Hitler? Propaganda. Yes. Right? Yes, like yes. they took that and they portrayed it everywhere. Eugenics. Eugenics as well. Yeah. Yes. It's the most craziest thing. They, 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 they hate the worst aspects of it, but they take it and they incorporate it and then they brainwash everybody thinking it's okay. Mm. It's, it's crazy. It's uh, uh, unbelievable. Uh, the next question I want to ask you is, uh, uh, what are your thoughts on the, so- on the Somali especially Muslim youth? taking up a social justice causes instead of their own
0: well that has to do with the identity aspect you know we talked about it in the last podcast of what's black yeah you are what you believe yeah so when you believe you're black you know what does that mean <laughs> it's yeah. color no other animal in the world has just named a color so, so the social justice aspect is a way of bringing their their identity to another group mm. You know what I mean? That, that has nothing to, that's not their struggle. But because they identify with that. And by the way, a lot of the Somali youth in your age group and below, they genuinely believe they're black. And you know what happens when you do that? It becomes, you don't, to you, the Somali granddad and the Kontekinte from West Africa are two granddads equal to you. Even though they are, they have nothing to do with each other. Yeah. You know what I mean? So this social justice thing, it's, it's all, uh, they are just following Black Lives Matter right now is anti-Black. It has nothing to do with uh, African American or the people who are living in the, uh, prisons in the prisons. I think
1: we've noticed it just recently. It's a cash grab. You saw the, uh, the founders of it. Like they're having million dollar homes in Absolutely. LA. It's Absolutely. Crazy. Absolutely. Absolutely.
0: Yeah. It has nothing to do. Yeah. What it is. And, and to go back to that answer is that the Somali kids and the Muslims in general, since 9-11, the new enemy has become white conservatives. Yeah. You follow? Yeah. So the Somalis and the Muslim, the, the Ilhan Omar Muslim kind, yeah. the Bera Muslims, the Sof Muslims, you follow? So before 2020, if you realize the the TV was nonstop about Muslim terrorism, constantly Muslim terrorism, Islam this, Islam that. After 2020, it just became white supremacists, Karen, you know what I mean? Colonists. It's all shifted to the white people now. So now what's going on is white conservatives versus the social justice warriors. The, what are the social justice warriors? Anything who's not white, even white bearers are included in there. The soft whiteies are part of the social justice, you know, thing. They, they are last, they, their next enemy they want to destroy is the white Christians. Mm. The reason why is. The white conservative Christians are the, uh, the, the direct threat to the system because they live within the system. They understand what's going on. They understand the agendas. You follow? Yeah. So they are being, they, 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 they trying to destroy them and they're using us. Part of the immigration system that we were brought here is to replace white people. I genuinely believe that.
1: Hmm. You. Why is that? Like, why do you think they weaponize race so much to, like, like, make us believe that, hey, you know, like, these guys are actually legitimately like, doing this? Because I, when I, I don't look at white people and be like, hey, they're the colonists, I feel like it's a system that Absolutely. they do all that kind of stuff. Absolutely.
0: Yeah. White people are just as victims and they yeah. have nothing to do with yeah. it. 99%. I feel like they're pawns. They're pawns. They're pawns. Yeah. They're, and when you say, why the division? Well, that's the best weapon, not just racial division gender division, economic division. So as long as the poor folks are at each other's throats, yeah. they will never really know who's the real enemy is. That's the whole point, is that you will always see another poor person like you as the reason of your demise.
1: Yeah. So it's instead of looking at the system as the enemy, just looking at each other and and just fuel that envy and put that in the news and be like, hey, you know, this person is this. Like the new thing right now, obviously it's like, uh, the conservatives you're right like the white conservatives the trump supporters and stuff like that you know like anybody wearing that MAGA hat beat the crap out of them you yes, know it's yes, okay you they're know? the enemy yeah they're the enemy like i don't know if you noticed like um, a while ago there was a, a a shooter in memphis actually where a lot of people thought it was a trump supporter shooting around memphis and then when they found it was a black guy mm. who actually wanted to hunt down white people who supported trump supporters
0: and um, yeah I know he, there was not a lot of demon. It just become a criminal act. Yeah, was a they, terrorist. They, yeah,
1: and then they they skid the the that's piece it. away. That's and it. he
0: literally was hunt,
1: he literally was on Facebook Live hunting people, hunting white people down, yeah, and killing them. Yeah, 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 it's crazy. Like in the end, you, you think the people will take responsibility for that, but no. Of course, the system doesn't. They just move on. They erase it. Move on. No one even. No one's even talked about it mm-hmm, at all. Mm-hmm. And it's kind of sad seeing that, you know. And I hope, like, unfortunately, like, I that, that's the thing. I, I hope, like. Somalis in general don't get caught up in that but unfortunately we do you know like like I don't know if we talked about this in our previous podcast but like like and I think I was talking about this with a few guys like how we never take we never take um, causes for ourselves but like when it comes down to for example Palestine right like if if the CBC is talking about hey
0: uh, Israel did this to a Palestinian kid. We're right up in Parliament Hill. Absolutely, yeah, absolutely. When the Somali kid, Somali guy, was killed by the police officer here in Ottawa, who had a mental issue, Abdi Abd yeah. Majority of people protesting were not Somalis.
1: Yeah, <laughs> can you believe that? Yeah, a lot of Somalis just stay at home because they're like, "Oh, we just don't want to anger people." You
0: you know what I mean? Yeah. It was all non-Somali, so you're right. We are we are we are free agents of yeah. other cultures. You know what yeah. I mean? And like, uh, and like I said, it goes back to the self hatred. There is no other community that hates themselves like we do. Mm. Unfortunately,
1: yeah. Uh, the next question I actually want to ask you is. Uh, uh, what what are your thoughts on the Somali Muslim youth trying to adopt the same victim mentality that minorities use in the Western Hemisphere? Because we were just talking about that right now, like like in regards to obviously like t- taking those social social justice warriors acts up like that. Why do you think like for example like we always take that victim mentality? Like, do you think it's because the the circumstances that have happened like for example Muslims nine eleven? Now we taking that victim mentality. If we have someone like talking down to us. Hey, it's because it, it, you're being Islamophobe. Right. Like Mm -hmm. the phobe aspect now, like they're using it in every single aspect possible. Now, why do you think like we have adopted that victim mentality as a group? Like where like the African American community has taken, you know, the racism aspect or the Hispanic community or Mm -hmm. the Asian community, the Asian community is a new one as well. Now, I don't know if you noticed, they have been doing the last couple of years during the pandemic because like a lot of people are making like asian jokes mm-hmm. uh chinese jokes actually to mm-hmm. all these Asians hey you know if someone's coughing oh, you're you have the COVID, but you have the birth flu and yeah, they're yeah. making fun of making fun of them, stuff like that and like why do you think like like instead of like taking it at face value hey it's just an insult towards you like why are they taking the victim mentality
0: well the, well the the part of the division of, of of division of tolerance I call it is that the the more victim you are, the more, it's it's like a made up shit that they did with the system that uh, you always got to look at it as you're being victim of the patriarchal. It goes back to every aspect. You, you can always see it. You get it? Yeah. So the, I call them professional victims. Is that when you are a victim, you need a cure. But when you think of yourself as a victor, you don't need an aid. So it's an idea of always depending for answers from the system. You get it? It yeah. is, it's, it's, it all, this is, brother, I, I've studied this, this, this whole aspect. Actually, it's a, um, there's a, there's a school long time ago made called the Frankfurt School. It's not an actual school, but it's a think tank.
1: Yes. Yeah. Frankfurt. Yeah. I heard the about the, you've yeah. heard of, yeah. it. I've heard of the they thing, came
0: yeah. up with feminism, patriarchal, racism. Yeah. A lot of these words are brand new. You get it. It all goes down, and one of the heart of the thing that they said is that the smallest in uh, the smallest minority is the individual. Mm. So, meaning, if you keep peeling away the onion peel, eventually, even as an individual, like it's a constant victim mentality. And what does it go down to? It's divide and rule. There's no other way of, again, of saying it. You get it? It's a way of, of also, it's a mental disease. I call them professional victims. It's a mental disease, meaning if you are alive and healthy, and you are obsessed with some fictional groups and and concepts are putting you down. This is all comes from media. You get it? How had the bar of a lot of feminist aspect always creepy guy. Oh my god, being scared like they they. It's eventually you'll be setting yourself up for mental institution.
1: Yeah, I saw a famous TikTok video the other day of a of a girl. Like it was not so moderated, but like a girl in a shopping. Know, and, going crazy. Uh, going crazy. I don't like, want him to touch I, me. I don't want him yeah, to touch yeah. me. I don't want yeah, to touch yeah, me. Yeah. I was like, what? That's the victim
0: mentality. Yeah. It's not her. It is when you are told, when someone yells at you, it causes a mental de- uh, aspect on you. When you keep reading this over and over, you become to believe in this stuff. Yeah. So so this what you asked me about this minority of who I call them professional victims is that you have to get back your brain you know back in the day they talked about countries getting independence get independence for your tra- for your brain think for your own self again yeah you you understand throw away all these layers you think and uh, for your own and say how am i feeling read things from the past and put things into context and live within your own life. These, these are all what you're asking me in this is a fictional thing. There is no such a thing you people who have barely a few thousand dollars in the bank working 10 hours a day talking about it. You know who's victimizing you your job.
1: <laughs> <laughs> That's true. That's true because they're a slave of that they're slave.
0: Of yeah. Somebody like that woman, you know, in the Walmart going crazy. She she's taking pills and she can barely pay her bills, and she's scared about this guy destroying her. Come on, no, it's a scapegoat.
1: Yeah, it's a. It, uh, wouldn't you call it imaginary boogeyman?
0: It's an imaginary boogeyman, yeah. but also the necessary the necessary thing for that imaginary boogeyman is that the elites are aware that everybody's stressed out. They created the stress. So they need to create the imaginary boogeyman. No, it's that man, chauvinistic man. You know what I mean? Yeah. So to the guy or to the black guy, we know it's that white policeman. It's this like, black African-Americans are obsessed with the whole racism aspect. You get it? Yeah. It's, you are not a victim. <laughs> you are what you believe. But if you believe you're a victim, then you're a victim. Life is a choice.
1: Yeah.
0: You know, so empower yourself. Get your brain back. Live yourself. Think positive. Think you're a victor. You are here. No man is better than you. No elite has dominance over you. You only become what you believe. You're either a believer of God or you're a non-believer of God. It's a simple thing. Belief is a very, very powerful thing. When you believe in yourself, when you empower yourself, you know, no one can victimize you. It's but a mental I think state. I think the
1: problem with that victim mentality, you're saying, is like the lack of belief, I think. Or not in a lot yourself. of us are religious. I mean, even to yourself, the lack of self-confidence and the lack of like not believing in God.
0: Absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. When you believe in God, when you genuinely believe that God runs the show, what is an elite? He's just another mortal. He has no power over you. Yeah. You know who is this woman who are who are feminists or whatever? They have no power over you. You you when you're obsessed with the with the with what's wrong in the world, there's nothing wrong with it. To solve, you need to diagnose what's going on, then find a solution, then move on. Don't don't you know what I mean? Like you, once you just keep carrying on it and believe, believe you will believe in it. You get it? Yeah, yeah, that's a very very good point. Uh, the next question I want to
1: ask you is uh what are your thoughts on how Hollywood and entertainment industry is slowly affecting the way Somalis and Muslims operate in the West for the past 30, 40 years? We touched upon on a bit earlier, but like where do you think it's gonna be trending? Like where do you think it's gonna be heading in the next like uh, 10, 15, 20 years in regards to like how Hollywood's kind of brainwashing Muslim and Muslim youth
0: in general? In a very, very worse way. Back before thirty, forty years ago, mm-hmm. we were shown Muslims in a bad light. Yeah. Which was actually a good thing, either way, if you compare to when they push us in a good light, meaning when they were pushing us in a bad light, other non-Muslim communities were being programmed to hate us. You follow? But now you see so many Muslim shows, you know what I mean, and Hollywood is really pushing Muslims more more than before. So what happens in it is that Muslims will begin to believe this version of Islam. I call it the Islamic rebrand that they are making in the West. Yeah, that is way more dangerous than, than the, the bad light when they showed us. You know, it's what
1: they did to Christianity. Exactly. Yeah.
0: Exactly. Have you seen? Have yeah, you seen? There was a show with Mia Khalifa, the porn star. Yeah, was in. You know, in the show with the shit talking about masturbation and all of that. It's a Hollywood way.
1: It was with Gilbert Arenas, actually. There was a show with... That's how I knew of her is through Gilbert Arenas. Gilbert Arenas, the former basketball player. He had a show with her and he was trying to rehab her image and stuff like that. And that was the first I ever heard of her. I was like, what the hell is this? And then when I found out she's a porn star, I was like, Wow, I'm like oh, a Muslim, a porn star, and now she's trying to rehab her image through that. I was like, this is kind of way strange. I'm like, this has never happened before.
0: Yes, yeah, yes, yeah. yeah. Exactly like you said, they are doing to yeah. Islam what they did to the Christianity. Yeah, the Christians were destroyed by Hollywood. Yeah. Now, we are going to be destroyed. So Somalis and uh, and Muslims in general, you will see a lot of shows, a lot of movies, a lot of aspect of uh, superheroes, of Muslims. You know, they are already beginning. You know what I mean? What happens with that is the next generation. Miss Marvel was the perfect one. Uh, Miss Marvel, exactly. So yeah. the kids that you're bringing up, eventually, when you're talking about be uh, keep your religion, keep your culture, they'll see their culture on TV. You know, they're like, "Man, the TV is celebrating our culture. The TV is celebrating our religion." With what though? <laughs> With a rebrand?
1: It's a rebrand because yeah, it's not really our culture. It's not really like Islamic. It's 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 anti-Islamic. It's anti-Islamic. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Because in the end, they're gonna introduce Western philosophies, yeah, and then kids are gonna watch that and be like, "Hey, this is how it's supposed to be," instead of yeah. like how you're being taught at home. Yes, yeah, yes. And yes. the most powerful thing is it's gonna be off of kids' phones because it's on apps now, Absolutely. so they can watch that without their parents even knowing. That's
0: it. Yeah. Well, the system is the real parent, and that yeah. they are, they are, they are really competing with you. You yeah. know. Yeah,
1: yeah. It's it is sad. Uh, like like in regards to Miss Marvel, I I had a lot of people. Uh, I had a guy who came on the podcast. A good friend of mine, Yusuf, and we were talking about that. And I felt like in the end, um, with, especially with Ms. Marvel, he feels like in the end that it's going to do way more damage to Muslim youth down of the line. Of
0: course, I've called that for a long. Yeah. There is a call of duty of Somali woman, call of duty. No way. <laughs> Seriously. I forgot what her name was, half Italian, half Somali. Wow. L- call of duty, like a game. Yeah, and, she oh, wow. lit- and guess what it's based on? why Fighting the Italian colonists in World War II. Oh my god!
1: <laughs> there really are whitewashing everything.
0: Absolutely! Wow! And and the most powerful weapon in the world ever created is media. It changes your perception. Hmm. You follow? You don't need the army. You don't need all these weapons. Your enemy become your allies through through perception.
1: Yeah, uh, we're unfortunately living. in, I'll have to call it the Somali Matrix. That's literally what it is at this point. Mm-hmm. We're living in a bubble where uh, we're unaware of what's going on, but it's it's attacking us in many different facets.
0: Absolutely, yeah. absolutely. By the way, when, when we are talking about earlier of going away, yeah. you know what I mean?
1: Yeah.
0: White people have been doing that for centuries. They call it courageous. They do it every other weekend. Yeah. <laughs> you do right. it constantly. They, they
1: leave months at a time too you follow yeah
0: going and leaving all this behind living in nature they call it yeah. that's new to us
1: yeah they, they they've been doing it. i noticed that when i worked uh retail a few years ago and i was helping out like retired couple who like finished working in the government or finished their jobs and stuff like that and they would go to like go obscure towns in in uh, texas and florida for six months of the year look at that yeah. yeah and i was like i was wondering i never i never understood that until now when you're telling me i'm like Makes sense because they have their own utopia. They're like, you know, I want to get away from everything. Yes. Yeah. yeah. Yes. And they're literally leave their phone. They they can detach themselves to everything. Yes. And unfortunately for us, we're not at that stage yet. Yes. Yeah.
0: Yes. Yeah. Well, us uniquely in Somalis, for example, we, we can't do it here because of the cultural aspect. Trust me, if you go to the same village, towns they went to in Florida and Texas, you'll be more in danger. <laughs> you yeah, yeah. And you can't do that even back home because the way they set it up back home used to be more, you know, safer to a degree. The reason they made our countries dangerous like that is so that there will be no safe haven for us to run back to. Mm. And that's what I mean. You have to create your own utopia. You know what I mean? You have to create your own escape. Yeah,
1: yeah,
0: that's a very, very good point. Uh, The next
1: question I want to ask you is, uh, what are your thoughts on how Muslim men have lowered themselves in the romantic area? arena uh where while the muslim sisters have weaponized their assets and islamic teachings to get what they want uh this question i've had a lot of brothers ask me uh they want and i want to ask you that is because like this question kind of stems on uh how muslim men and women how to like they negotiate into getting married i don't know what's your thoughts on it because i know you're married Mm. but like for me uh i've what i've heard is um a lot of women know what questions to poke. On guys, on what they they feel like they can get out of them in the long run. For example, I don't know if you noticed, but like for me, when I was speaking to a lot of sisters the last few years, the one question they always kept asking is, um, "What are your thoughts on polygamy?" Mm. And I was I never really understood that question. I was like, "Okay, I'm like, um, I'm normally one ma- one person guy. Like, i would marry one woman. That's it, you know." But what I heard years later is that guys that would be Okay with polygamy, they'll be disqualified right away mm. and I never understood that until I realized that sir a lot of sisters are using that as a question to kind of see how religious the guy is and that if the guy is not okay with polygamy then they then they understand they can get away with a lot more moving mm. forward mm-hmm. that the guy is not as stringent islamically mm-hmm. as, he, as he would be like I don't know what's your thoughts on that because that's like that's part of what the question is kind of aiming for is that I don't think guys are prepped enough to understand uh, what they want and girls are understanding exactly what they want.
0: Well, uh, any girl who's already, she's already acting like uh, she's leading the house by, like, are you polygamous or not? To me, my answer is this. A man who's not polygamous, all men are polygamous. I don't know if I'm saying it the right way. (laughs) Polygamous, yeah. Polygamous.
1: Yeah.
0: All men are. The reason I say all men are—they don't have to be literally polygamous—but all men, if he is not available for other women, is a whim to his woman. Mm. Let me let me translate what I'm saying. Yeah, if a man does not has lost his confidence, if she has cut off his his manhood from him, and that's for a woman for him not to be polygamous. Meaning, if you genuinely are self-loving confident love yourself all women will be attracted to you not that you want them when I say they are naturally blogamous is that when you are self-sufficient and love yourself yeah you follow yeah you will be good for your woman but if she's not good to you you'll always be available to other women what keeps a woman in check is not a man is a fear of other women Interesting, interesting. You follow what yeah. I mean? Yeah. And 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 if she cuts that reflex instinct off you, yeah. You know what I mean? By that's what I mean. A lot of men become wimps. Why? They were not naturally wimps, but happy, happy wife, happy life is happy wife concept. She was trying to make her happy all his life. He doesn't understand is that once you make yourself happy. You know what I mean no one can take that away from you so so the the, the woman asking man uh, whether you you are into polygamous are you not into that this is a, this is this is another western educational fictional aspect of that do you see what I am like what are you, it's like right now I tell you if enemies come uh, can you can you destroy 10 men it's a fictional concept you get it yeah You, you follow and it's a very feminine aspect, you know. So, so for myself, for the advice to men specifically is you want to keep your woman in check, love yourself. I know it's a hard thing to do. Love yourself genuinely. Take care of yourself and she will, she will stay in check. Why? Because she knows the minute you, she kicks you out. You will be picked up by another one quickly. Yeah. The fear of other women keep her in check. So when woman is asking you, uh, "Are you are you polygamous?" or you'll be cut off if you if you say, "Am I understanding the question?" That's literally
1: it? what it, like in the end, it's like a, the betting questions, you know, like because now like obviously like when I wrote my book uh, last year, like a lot of it was I was using Muzmatch mm. and Salams and a lot of those matchmaking apps, and when I talk with sisters they would ask me that question. It's one of the first questions they'd ask me, well, what's your thoughts on polygamy? And like, th- I've never, never dealt with that before. Mm-hmm. Like it was literally since what I was using that 2018 all the way till last year, 2021. And like, I would always get that same question. Are you, are you polygamous? What's your thoughts on polygamy? Would you, uh what's your thoughts on like marrying more than one woman? And like, I, I felt it was a very obscure question. I'm, like, why would they ask me that? And then when I was talking to a lot of brothers, uh, who was using these apps, they said the exact same thing. And like one of the brothers I spoke with said in the end, Hey, I feel like in the end, it's, it's a disqualified question. They, they feel like in the end that if they, if, if a girl sees that the guy, uh, is, um, um, open to the, uh, to the aspect of polygamy, then, then they're like, you know what? I don't want to deal with him anymore. Or they don't like the idea of him being too religious. Cause like, here's the thing. The reason I want to ask is cause, a lot of girls they they hate the idea of a guy doing polygamy but they'll abuse certain aspects of the religion in regards to um like the money aspect towards a wedding or mm-hmm. giving the money to the family like they'll abuse that mm-hmm. like you heard of weddings like that cost 50,000 dollars 60,000 dollars yes, yes. or like you know like they would give a fa- uh, the money to the girl and her family for 20,000 like the guy's bleed it out you know what mm-hmm, I mean? and mm-hmm. and they and th- these families like they would abuse these men right yes, like they'd yes. be like hey like, we, we're doing this. If you want to marry our daughter, you have to do this. So they'll abuse the guy. They'll ring him out like, like his ATM cash. Yes, yes. But like, if he's trying to like, you know, answer an honest question, like, hey, he's disqualifying.
0: Mm-hmm. We can't
1: marry him, you know, like, and I, and I, I hear this a lot and I'm like, you know, like it, it does seem like double standard in a sense. Sometimes,
0: mm-hmm. well, when you're talking about the marriage and and bleeding him out and the family demanding all yeah. of that, it's actually cutting off his manhood so that he will not be available. Yeah, it's bankrupting him yeah. so that he won't be. And that's yeah. what I mean to a degree is that if the girl loves you and she not just loves you, but if she genuinely loves a successful marriage, yeah, she will not be worried about negative aspects of what will come. Mm. You, you follow what I mean? If yeah. she genuinely is for a good marriage, she will not be having that train of thought of what do you think about? Well. There is many things of scenarios the man also could say. Okay, what would you do if a man flirts with you? Imagine a guy telling that. Yeah. You are at work. What if another guy asks you out? He's already paranoid. You get it. Yeah. So if she's already paranoid of what do you think about polygamous? You know what I mean. She's already already thinking something is going wrong. Like I said earlier, yeah. you are what you believe. Yeah. If she believes positively, if she believes, that's a very feminist aspect of a Western concept that is, that is demonization of men, of Muslim men specifically. So what Muslim women don't realize is all white guys, majority of them are polygamous, except they don't marry them. They call them side chicks
1: or mistresses or
0: mistresses. They are also polygamous. Yeah. You follow what I mean? Yeah. So. There is four to one woman, four woman to one man ratio in the world. Yeah. So the man in the West, if if a woman is already talking like that to you, you're already aware that she's already in a negative mode. Not all girls are like that. You follow? If she is free of if she trusts her will to Allah, and because at the end of the day, you can discover the future through questions. (laughs) It's a futile effect. You follow? You can't just say, oh, I ask him this question and I disqualify him. Okay. You'll find the perfect guy through questions. That's a Western mentality. It's really what I was telling you earlier. in, In Clear your minds, you know, make your independent your mind. How are you going to be questioning someone? It's a very, very Western logic concept. I'll ask you a question. From that, I will predict who you are. Good luck. Good luck. Life is not that simple. No. No. Life is not that simple. You get it? If she's already within that aspect of leading, you get it? That man has only two choices, be a better or run yeah you follow yeah because at the end of the day eh? yeah,
1: but we, 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 we just be perfectly honest that guy will be a beta most guys are beta it's like i have a a friend of mine a somali guy that i spoke with a couple months ago and he's married and his wife literally told him yo if you ever think about marrying a second wife i'm divorcing you and i'm taking everything you got and he, he told me he's like wow he's like i didn't see the side of her until she told me that and it was just like a regular to- topic they were just discussing and i was kind of like shocked to hear that from him i was like Good to know. <laughs> Good to know. Yeah.
0: By the way, I have one of my nephews. He yeah. left he left at the beginning of our 20 beginning of 2021. Yeah. You know, at the height of the pandemic. He he, he was born in Ottawa. You know, mean? he's like 24, 25, moved back to Somalia. You, you get it? He's on his third wife now. You follow? And and how I first went... And he went there. He's he's literally interviewing him, them like he's the chief. Do you have social media? Yes. Next. Do you have this? He's acting like the way the women are acting here. Yeah. <laughs> you follow what yeah. I mean? So when you have an option like that, so so to a degree, and by the way, I'm not saying girls who are born in the West are all tainted. They really are not. You follow? You got to find a girl who who you will lead when you have, when you're conversating for, forget all these fluffle questions, you know, forget all of that. You have to dominate her and you will have to see you educate her. She has asking you this question. Do you have blogging me and all of the uh, dear. Would you find out who I am? For, are you like a lie detector machine? Did you read some kind of scenarios? You know what I mean? You educate her. She could be wrong.
1: I'll tell you this right now, 1st uh, time speaking to a lot of brothers, a lot of them do not know how to ask the right questions, unfortunately. And I've had a lot of sisters who told me that themselves. They said in the end, like, I, like because when I wrote the book and I wrote down what questions to ask in regards to how to vet girls, stuff like that, a lot of girls, like, message me, like, oh, I'm glad that you actually messaged them. Because, like, the conversations I would have with guys in social media in regards to potential marriage, they'll never ask me that. Mm. They'll never ask those kind of questions. So, unfortunately, the guys are beta like mm-hmm, that, they're. Mm-hmm. I don't know if it's naturally like that or they're just enamored. Like how Hollywood kind of tre- treats guys, because Hollywood kind of looks at guys like as betas, right?
0: Absolutely. Like where it's, they it's, have to chase it's, the a girls. Media, it's a media. It's media. As, yeah. And by the way, that's why g- g- girls are attracted to bad boys because bad boys are a, they are a cul-de-sac. They are a, they are a dead end. Anyway, they are just Mister Right now, but he always says the right things. Yeah. You get it? He's not he's the the, and what I mean is you the the better guys could learn something from the bad boys in a way. Don't be like them, but realize that they are just they the bad boy will take the book from and say, hey, I put this down. How are you doing? Well tell me about you. So she loves that dominance. (laughs) You follow what I mean? So the good guy who's educated, who's brought up right, he's he's feminized and he doesn't realize it you get it? Yeah. He's, he's, and he's been brainwashed that you could, you should communicate with women. You should understand her. You should deeply get her. No, you, she should get you. You understand what I mean? Yeah. You are the leader of her. You get it? Just imagine this. Just ask any other girl. You're going out on a first date. uh You are the guy. She's there. And you're like, uh, I was like that. I'm a reformed. I'm not coming like it was I understand what most of the soft guys are like. The real good guy will, nice guy will be in a respectful way, you know, in empowering her. It'll be like, uh, where do you what do you kind of like to eat? Where do you want to go? And yeah. deep down in her mind, she's like, Oh, he's not he's not, you know, he's not calling the shots, he's weak. She's losing respect for you. Yeah. Even though in your eyes, that's what you were told. To empower her, to communicate with her. You're doing all the right check marks. So, a lot of the guys you're saying their problem is that they're communicating to, to the female with a female mentality. You get it? Feminine energy as well. Feminine energy. Yeah. You have to change that and speak to her from a, a, a man perspective. Meaning, don't, don't go in. And, and by the way, that's, that's the way you always gotta feel like is that if you don't like it, there'll be another girl liking it. Why? Because I like me. I love me.
1: You get it? Yeah. We were just talking about earlier how uh, the Somali culture is a matriarchy as yeah. patriarchy. We kind of like, we established that in this conversation that Somali women have masculine energy. Yes. So you cannot match that energy with feminine energy, guys. So if you want to talk to these women, you got to have masculine energy. Yes.
0: Yes. That's yes. literally
1: how it has to be in this point.
0: Yes. And, yeah. and that's why when they see other, other culture men, even yeah. though they could be better, the other culture, yeah. but because she already preconceived notion that he's not, yeah. she energizes his manhood. It comes out of him. Yeah. So guys, you have to, Realize that she, it is it is her feminist aspect. You have to go beyond that. She asks you that, and, and also realize this, never lose your confidence, never lose your self-love for yourself. And know this, that you cannot keep her in check. The fear of her, of the competition, keeps her in check. Yeah,
1: well said, well said, yeah. I, I, I couldn't agree more on that. and. Then, the the final uh, question I actually do want to ask you is: uh, What are your final thoughts on how twenty twenty two has shaped up this year for, in general for Somalis and Muslims living in the West? So, like, what are your thoughts on this year? Like, how like things have trended for Muslims in general, Somalis in general, and where do you think it's going to be in the, in the future?
0: More hype in the media, more more matriarchal aspect, more feminism. The media aspect uh, is it will be huge. They will. You will see a lot more. Muslim actors, a lot more Muslim musicians, rappers, whatever you know, sh- uh, superheroes. That that is, that is the big thing that came out from last year till this year. That is showing a lot of Netflix you've seen with Muslim leads, and Muslim comedy shows. You know what I mean? Yeah, Rami, I believe Rami. Rami yeah, it's, a big it's, one. It's, yeah. it's a lot of them are coming. I've predicted we will be me and the voice guy. We've been calling it for a while. The, yeah. the Muslims will be in the media. So this year and next year, you'll be seeing a lot more of Somalis and Muslims in the media, a lot more. Yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm.
1: Uh, you, Because you've been do- documenting about about it on Instagram a lot. Like you want to tell the viewers like, uh, like what you've been kind of like posting on your stories, stuff like that. Because I feel like it's very interesting. Like uh, what's the theme that you've been going off like in regards to your Instagram, like, what do you, cause like, you want to tell them, like, what you've been posting, like, a lot on this? Yeah, thing?
0: just a lot of the questions you've asked me. Some yeah. of the, I, I post a lot about the, how the elites control the world, how, for example, the Somali woman, the patio, uh, matriarchal aspect. Yeah. Uh, I was talking how the Somalis are geared for Hollywood. You know what I mean? Yeah. The, the, the identity crisis, the Somalis and everybody's having. You know, and by the way, my Instagram is OG with swag.
1: Yeah. Don't worry, guys. I'll take him. <laughs> I tagged you last year. I'll take you again. Yes. I, I don't do time.
0: a lot of posts anymore. I just do a lot of uh, stories. stories, Yeah. you know, and I hope to do some YouTube, you know, yeah. I hope to bring out some YouTube, yeah. you know, a video of myself. A lot of my, my friends have been asking for it. Yeah. You know, I just yeah. didn't have the time to do, it. but eventually I hope to do that. You know, so a lot of the topics are as just as what we covered here is generally media. The media is a huge aspect. If you watch the media, watch for what they are trying to teach you. So you will, you'll have a different eye lenses when you see that. You will see the agenda. Don't watch the story. Watch the agenda they're trying to teach you. Hmm. then it will always reinforce you and always say, see, what that's what they're trying to make me do. Yeah. That's what they're hoping for me to do. Don't follow the plot line and be like, wow, that's a beautiful story. You'll be lost in the sauce. Yeah, You know, look, even if you're hooked, we're all hooked in it. Now when I watch movies or anything, I always see the agendas that they want to do, you know, in, in news, in everything. You Once you know what you're, they're trying to do, then then you'll be aware. And by the way, uh, speaking of 2020 with the inflation and everything that's going on, you know, the economy as we see it in the next five, seven, eight years will be almost obsolete. That's why they're making the prices are just doubling up every day. It will reach the point where no one can afford anything. Yeah. And then what's going to come is you will have nothing and you'll be happy. You know, we'll be living where private ownership will be finished in the future.
1: A sad about the bleak future, but honestly, it's it's a trend. We see the trend since the pandemic. We've seen it in 2020, start pandemic, we've seen in 2021, we've seen it in 2022. Unfortunately, it's gonna get worse before it gets better.
0: Yes, yes. Yeah. But the world though, the world is a trial as Allah has made it in a pot. to live in a positive aspect is that we live in a world that Shaitan is living with us. So trial and tribulation is always there. It's all a mindset, guys and girls. It's all a mindset. Change your mindset to positivity. Yes, you got to be aware of the gloom. You got to diagnose. Mm-hmm. Once you diagnose it, live your day to day in a positive mood. Believe, believe and trust God, Allah, and everything will be okay. And you have you have no worries. Yeah. You know, at the end of the day, everybody's got to die, but few got to live. And we're gonna end it at that first and foremost denny thank you so much
1: my man for well, coming on the podcast for the second second time i really appreciate it um yeah once again he's gonna i'll add his instagram handle it's og with a swag but uh yeah he, he talks about a lot of this topic so that's why i wanted to bring him on uh follow him in stories and uh yeah thank you my man for coming on i really really appreciate it no
0: problem pleasure is all mine thank yeah you. Yeah, perfect. So
1: yeah perfect and thank you guys once again for listening to my nomad i'm your host sammy and i'll catch you guys on the flip side.